boys and girls. Man, those last two shows were great, weren't they? I mean, honestly, the, the Gulf Breeze incident was kind of trippy to read through and trippy to kind of put a little quick note cases together. Um, the book is, is pretty wild, too, because it also has testimony from his wife. So that that I, I kind of skipped over a lot of that just because I wanted to get to what he wrote that had happened. So I loved it. I loved doing it. It was probably one of my, those those are some of my favorite shows, uh, except for Mokele and Bimbe. I love that one. Also, I love the the, uh, Pale Crawlers, because that's still just an ongoing phenomenon. And I I really want to, I would love to get to the bottom of that. Also, Mirrored Men. I'd love to get to the bottom of that. And we will be talking about Mirrored Men um, a little more down the line. So... Look forward to that. But tonight, guys, we are going to talk about, uh, a lot of people say it's a distraction or it's a conspiracy theory, you know, that it's a distraction, whatever. But we're going to talk about the congressional hearing that just happened on UAPs or as we know them from prior experience, UFOs. Um, This show is basically just going to cover what they talked about, you know, um, and, and just really kind of skim over the basics of what they said about the craft that they witnessed and, and such and such and so on. Um, so to get into it, uh, it starts off pretty slow. If you watched the video on YouTube, it started with, of course, that big opening part where nothing happened for 10 minutes and then they started up. Um, but they had um, they had three panelists that were up there to kind of, or three witnesses that had uh, a lot to say, a lot of interesting things to say, um, and a lot of interesting things that they couldn't say. Uh, Gersh had a lot of things he couldn't say. So, um, but let's let's jump into that. Right. Well, actually, hang on. Time out. Rewind. I got to do this, guys. I'm sorry. Stop. Hold the presses. But let's do this. Instagram the Paranormal Rabbit Hole Podcast. Type that in. Find us there. I'm going to do kind of a live video discussion about this uh, on probably on Sunday morning. Uh, actually, I'm, I'll probably keep that back for Monday night. Yeah, I'll probably Sunday night, Monday, Monday morning, Monday night. I don't know. I'll, I'll decide between those two. I'll update you. I'll let you know. Um, let's go ahead and say Sunday night and ah, Monday morning. Uh, Monday morning, we'll talk about it a little bit. Monday Monday night, final. That's it. Monday night. That's it. Monday night. Tune in Monday night to the Instagram page, uh, the Paranormal Rabbit Hole Podcast. You'll see our picture of the cow getting abducted, or is it going home? Who knows? Anyways, find us there. I'll be doing a live video. Um, and actually, it's I just kind of want to do this so it'll stay up, and it'll be something that people can kind of look at, uh, or maybe a reel is what I would like to do eventually turn it into, but just, I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, I would like to do a live video so you guys can just come in and see what I talk about and see what I I think of this situation, you know, with uh, my face in the frame. Anyways, uh, do that, but also go down and hit five stars because that helps us get listeners, guys, because that's what people want. That's all that advertisers and 
stations like Spotify and Amazon they don't, and Apple, they only care about the five stars. Anything less than the best is a felony. Uh, you know, love it or leave it. Anyways, no, anything less than a five is is basically to them a one. They they don't care about it unless it's a five star. And that sucks for us because we have to shill for it like a chuckle-headed ninny. Anyways, back to the congressional hearing. So um, we're going to kind of review it, um, you know, and, and if you're reviewing things that they don't ding you. So uh, got you guys. Anyways, we're going to review this. And it starts off, they start off um, by just kind of introducing themselves in, in Congress and then introducing the um, the witnesses first. Uh, now, the first witness was um, uh, a Navy fighter pilot, Ryan Graves. Uh, then they had uh, David Fravor, who saw the Tic Tac, and he's a retired Navy commander. And then uh, they had David, a former Air Force intelligence officer who worked with uh, National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, also testified, uh, David Gersh. So uh, three very, they'll, they'll say in the video, if you listen, they, they say, you know, three very credible witnesses with very, you know, sparkling golden careers. Uh, but they start off with uh, Graves, so let's let's listen to Graves give his uh, opening opening testimony. I'll recognize Mr. Graves for five minutes for your opening statement. Thank you, Chairman Grothman, Ranking Member Garcia, distinguished members of the House Oversight Subcommittee on National Security, Representative Burchett and Luna. My name is Ryan Fobbs Graves, and I'm a former F-18 pilot with a decade of service in the U.S. Navy including two deployments in Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Inherent Resolve. I have experience advanced UAP firsthand, and I'm here to voice the concerns of more than 30 commercial aircrew and military veterans who have confided their similar encounters with me. Today, I would like to highlight three critical issues that demand our action. As we convene here, UAP are in our airspace, but they are grossly underreported. These sightings are not rare or isolated, they are routine. Military aircrew and commercial pilots, trained observers whose lives depend on accurate identification, are frequently witnessing these phenomena. The stigma attached to UAP is real and powerful and challenges national security. It silences commercial pilots who fear professional repercussions, discourages witnesses, and is only compounded by recent government claims questioning the credibility of eyewitness testimony. So now he, he is basically there to talk about an experience that he had. And then jump straight. He jumps straight into something that's very, very credible that I find very credible uh, to to kind of go into and go over. Um, and that is that he says he he basically takes his time in the beginning to cover um how pilots, commercial and military, have no way to really. Um, to really log their sightings of UFOs, um, there and there's because and sometimes it can cost these guys their career to say something like that because they'll go, okay, is this guy crazy? You know, is he losing? Uh, is he losing it? And, and it's nothing 
that that they're doing is just the fact that it, it's there's no outlet for them to go hey we saw this it's a concern and a lot of pilots are seeing it they need and they want they want it to be non-classified they want it to be out there and available that other pilots can see also they want it to be to a point where they have the ability to kind of divulge this information and not be called crazy and be taken seriously because they've spent the time to you know go into that, that you know flying and, and everything and they spent their lives trying to get to this point and they're not trying to risk it so uh, that's essentially what mr graves was saying now they go on to gersh who is uh the intelligence officer Thank you. I'm happy to be here. This is an important issue, and I'm grateful for your time. My name is David Charles Grush. I was an intelligence Sorry, officer Grush. for 14 years, in the, both in the U.S. Air Force, uh, both active duty Air National Guard and Reserve, at the rank of major, and most recently from 2021 to 2025, or excuse me, 2023, uh, at the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, NGA, uh, at the GS-15 civilian level, which is uh, the military equivalent of a full bird colonel. I was my agency's co-lead in unidentified anomalous phenomena and transmedium object analysis, as well as reporting to the UAP task force, UAPTF, uh, and eventually, once it was established, uh, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, Aero. I became a whistleblower through a PPD-19 urgent concern filing in uh, May 2022 uh, with the Intelligence Community Inspector General. Uh, following concerning reports from multiple esteemed and credentialed current and former military and intelligence community individuals that the U.S. government is operating with secrecy above congressional oversight uh, with regards to UAPs. My testimony is based on information I've been given by individuals with a long-standing track record of legitimacy and service to this country many of whom also have shared compelling evidence in the form of photography, official documentation, and classified oral testimony to myself and many of my various colleagues. I have taken every step I can to corroborate this evidence over a period of four years while I was with the UAP task force and do my due diligence on the individual sharing it. Uh, this is because of these steps, I believe strongly uh, in the importance of bringing this information before you. I am driven by a commitment of both uh, to truth and transparency, rooted in our inherent duty to uphold the United States Constitution. So he goes on to describe how he's kind of being targeted by the government for uh, being a whistleblower. So Grush, whose name rhymes with Brush, uh, basically kind of goes into how he's seen a lot of things and has a lot of information um, on this subject but then we get to the main thing that i want the full testimony uh, for you guys to hear and that's uh fravor so uh, let's get into his testimony then we'll kind of talk about what he says after uh thank you thank you mr chairman congressman congresswoman um I want to first thank you for the invitation to speak to the committee on the UAP topic that has been in the news for the past six years and seems to be continuing to gain momentum. As you know, my name is David Fravor. I'm a retired commander in the United States Navy. 
In 2004, I was a commanding officer of Strike Fighter Squadron 41, the world-famous Black Aces. We were attached to Carrier Wing 11, stationed on board the USS Nimitz, and had begun a two-month workup cycle off the coast of California. On this day, we were scheduled for a 2v2 air-to-air training with the USS Princeton as our control. When we launched off Nimitz, my wingman was joining up. We were told that the training was going to be suspended, and we were going to proceed with real-world tasking. As we proceeded to the west, the air controller was counting down the range to an object that we were going to, and we were unaware of what we were going to see when we arrived. There, uh, the controller told us that these objects uh, had been observed for over two weeks, coming down from over 80,000 feet, rapidly descending to 20,000 feet, hanging out for hours, and then going straight back up, for those who don't realize, above 80,000 feet of space. We arrived at the location at approximately 20,000 feet, and the controller called merge plot, which means that our radar blip was now in the same resolution cell as the contact. As we looked around, we noticed that we saw some white water off our right side. It's important to note that the weather on this day was as close to perfect as you could ask for off the coast of San Diego. Clear skies, light winds, calm seas, no white caps from waves. So the whitewater stood out in a large blue ocean. All four of us, because we were in F-18Fs, so we had pilots and Wizzo in the back seat, looked down a small, saw a white tic-tac object with a longitudinal axis pointing north-south and moving very abruptly over the water like a ping-pong ball. There were no rotors, no rotor wash, or any sign of visible control surfaces like wings. As we started clockwise towards the object, my Wizzo and I decided to go down and take a closer look at the other aircraft staying in high cover to observe both us and the Tic Tac. We proceeded around the circle about 90 degrees from the start of our descent, and the object, object suddenly shifted its longitudinal axis, aligned it with my aircraft, and began to climb. We continued down another 270 degrees, nose low, where the Tic Tac, or we consumed 270 degrees, and we went nose low to where the tic-tac would have been. Our altitude at this point was about 15,000 feet, and the tic-tac was about 12,000. As we pulled nose onto the object within about a half mile of it, it rapidly accelerated in front of us and disappeared. Our wingmen, roughly 8,000 feet above us, lost contact also. We immediately turned back to see where the white water was at, and it was gone also. So as we started to turn back towards the east, the controller came up and said, sir, you're not going to believe this, but that thing is at your cat point, roughly 60 miles away in less than a minute. You can calculate the speed. We returned to Nimitz, we were taking off our gear, we were talking to one of my crews that was getting ready to launch, we mentioned it to them, and they went out and luckily got the video that you see, that 90 second video. What you don't see is the radar tape that was never released, and we don't know where it's at, of the active jamming that the object put on an APG-73 radar, and I can get into modes later if you're interested. What is shocking to us is that the incident was never investigated, none of my crew were ever questioned, tapes were never taken, and after a couple days it turned into a great story with friends. It wasn't until 2009 until Jay Stratton had contacted me to investigate. Unbeknownst to all, he was part of the ATIP program in the Pentagon led by Lou Elizondo. Uh, and there was an unofficial official report that came out that's now on the internet. Years later, I was contacted by the other pilot, Alex Dietrich, and asked if I'd been contacted. And I said, no, but I'm willing to talk. I was contacted by Mr. Elizondo, and uh, we talked for a short period of time, and he said we'd be uh, in contact. A few weeks after that, I was made aware that Lou had left the Pentagon in protest and joined forces with Tom DeLonge, Chris Mellon, Steve Justice, and others to form Two Stars Academy, an organization that pressed the issue with leading industry experts and U.S. government officials. They worked with Leslie Keene, who is present today, Ralph Blumenthal, and Helene Cooper to publish the articles in the New York Times 2017 uh, New York Times, and it removed the stigma on the topic of UFOs, which is why we're here today. Those articles open the door for the government and public that cannot be closed. It has led to an interest from our elected officials who are not focused on little green men, but figuring out where these craft are, 
where are they from, the technology they possess, how do they operate. It also led to the Whistleblower Protection Act and the NDAA. There are multiple witnesses coming forward to say uh, that have firsthand knowledge, and, and Mr. Grush just covered that. What concerns me is that there's no oversight from our elected officials on anything associated with our government processing or working on craft. So he, he goes on to describe how uh, the craft was something that he believes was not from Earth, how it was from somewhere else because of the way it moved. Uh, I think they ask him that pretty quick here. Hang on. Right now, uh, military witnesses to UAP have limited options for reporting UAP. Uh, but more, more concerning is that. So uh, that's not the question I thought it was. Um, I will find it because Fravor gives a very, uh, very descriptive, uh, just story of how it how it is how it moves, and it's very interesting. Let's see here. Happened. And that was it. No one else talked to us. And I was in the top 20 in the battle group. No one came. Oh, okay, Mr. Fravor, the Tic Tac incident that you, in, that, with, that you were engaged occurred in 2004. What kind of reporting took place after that incident? None. We had a standard debrief where the backseaters went down to our... Uh, okay, no, that's not it. Um, I'll find that video, and I'll show you guys what it is. Um, no free ads. No free ads. Sorry, guys. Background sound. Uh, no free ads, though. No free ads. Um, but, uh, you know what? Forget about it. Fuck it. Um, so, Fravor talks about the Tic Tac. He talks about how it moves, how it went from one direction to another just so quickly. Uh, and nothing on our planet can do that. Nothing on our planet can go uh, 60 miles in a, in a minute, you know, and that quick and, and reappear that quick on the other side of the planet. It's impossible. And that's, that's, and you know, each of them were asked if they thought that these things were a threat. They all said yes. They all said yes that they, just because the maneuverability, this thing can go up, down, left, right, any way it pleases, and you can't stop it. You can't do anything about it. There's, you can't, you can't lock onto it because it'll jam your, your signal. It's, it's, you know, it's something that you can't control. And that was Fravor that basically said that. So, Grush basically is a whistleblower who is talking about a lot of interesting things. Um, now, some interesting questions came from a lot of the Congress members, and that was a, um, even Matt Gates had a few good questions, and he talked about an event where he went to a base where soldiers had described. Uh, an encounter with UAPs that you know, you know, had them kind of on their on their toes and you know worried a little bit. He said, you know, that they shouldn't have to worry about reporting that, you know, or not reporting that because you know of how they're going to be seen. They should be able to to say what they need to say and get this out there. And you know, the people need to know if these things are out there and that they're they're a threat to the United States. Now, it's. It's the fact that Grush, he he starts describing that the United States has uh, UAPs, uh, crashed UAPs, uh, non-human entities, and that he can talk about this in a skiff, which is a secured 
uh, hub for them to go talk. You know, no one in, outside the hub can hear the information that's being shared inside the hub. Uh, but you had a lot of great congressional uh, people, uh, you know, congressmen and women that were asking great questions. A few of them didn't. A few of them didn't ask some great questions. A few of them kind of fell flat on their face with those questions. And you're like, oh, really? But that's okay. That's okay. So let's let's talk about the fact that Grush says we have UFOs and aliens. That kind of goes in line with the Roswell incident where we have the bodies from that. We have the bodies from certain crashes. So it kind of flows along with that and goes in that direction. It's not unheard of. It's not out of the out of the realm of, of possibility. Um, but for me, honestly, it is the testimony that Commander Fravor gives on the Tic Tac, how it moved, how he thinks that it's a threat because of how it moves and how we can't, we don't have anything that can match. And he said, nothing in our scientific realm can match this thing. Um, Graves describes one of them. He said, you know, the ones that we saw were big spheres with a cube inside that was touching the sides of the spheres. It was just a cube. You couldn't see if there was a pilot. You couldn't see if there was anybody in there. There was no way to know. And, as soon as you know it, it took off in one direction, it could zip off in another and then dart off into space. They, they, all, you know, both pilots said that these things can move like no one's business. These things are astonishing, and we need to take them seriously. They're in our airspace right now. Pilots are seeing them. We need to report this. Uh, Grush is saying, get ready, because there's there's aliens. We've got little, not little green men, but we've got we've got the bodies. We've got the technology. We can reverse engineer this if we get good enough, you know? But it, it has to be at the right time. It has to be, you know, it's aliens, though. It's aliens. And if... <sighs> You know, we, I feel like, and it, it kind of goes into that universal galactic code theory. If aliens are, are around, they're just kind of observing and they're trying not to interfere. I mean, they've been doing a bad job of it, apparently. But in reality, you know, they were asked about even, they were even asked about, you know, dimensions. Like, could it come from a different dimension? And they said, yeah, it's possible. Very possible. Very possible. So that's kind of a, an odd thing to know that something can, I mean, it fits in with the, um, what's the ranch? I can't think of the ranch, uh, skinwalker ranch. It fits in with the skinwalker ranch theory of these things can open up portals and, you know, send little, little, uh, VW bus flying cars in and out of dimensions. It's not out of the realm of possibility. So anyways, uh, that means that there's a dimension where comic book heroes are real and we can become comic book heroes. So I'm all for dimension tripping. Let's trip some, some dimensions. Let's trip some riffs. Uh, anyways, it was a very interesting congressional hearing, but it was just so fascinating that it got so far into people just. Describing the UFOs and how that, or the UAPs and how they looked, 
it got into what they were capable of flight-wise, changing directions midair, stopping midair, and then going a different direction, stopping midair and going the, and then going back the other direction, zipping up into space, zipping back down. Directional changes like that are amazing. That is something we don't really have the technology for, to be honest. We don't have the technology for that kind of movement in a big craft that they're describing. Uh, they say that some of these UAPs are pretty big. Some of them are small, but some of them are bigs. Uh, Graves describes uh, an event that happened at an Air Force base in America. They, they uh, oh, I think it was uh, the Lockheed Martin base, the base near Lockheed Martin, where they had an event where there was a football field-sized object that hovered close by uh, and then disappeared, and then 24 hours later it came back at night, you know, or later that next day. Uh, and the, both of those events were, were reported to someone, but then lost in translation after that because of who knows what government, which is what that was about. It was actually about government oversight and how they're like, oh, well, we're going to keep you from learning anything about this because uh, it's aliens and we don't want you to know because humans, like, it's like, if you think about it, it's like Tony Lee Jones said, men in black. A person is rational. Humans are irrational, panicky, and you know it. And it's true. It's very true. We are a very irrational, panicky group. Uh, Case in point, if anybody watched Secret Invasion, take the ending of that. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to spoil it. Take the ending of that. Uh, Take the ending actions of one character that, you know, goes, okay, well, you know what? This happened, so kiss my butt. That's essentially all I'm going to say. It didn't spoil anything for you, so there you go. Uh, Let's just say one character uh, has an issue, and he voices it at the end. So, anyways, it's kind of like that. We're irrational, and we go, okay, nope, not cool, F that, bad automatically, because it can change directions anytime it wants, bad automatically. Um, but honestly, it, it was a lot of evidence towards UAPs being from either another dimension or out of this world. The testimonies were great. There's a lot to go over cause it's a two hour hearing, but the, the, con- you know, the congressmen and women ask some amazing questions and guys, you should really watch this. It's on YouTube, but I'll say this, this has pushed me further towards believing in aliens. This has pushed me further down that line. I believe in the possibility now. Uh, that being said, I also believe that, you know, I, I'm not sure about abductions still. I'm not sure about those abduction stories. I believe that we're just now starting to really see uh, UFOs and UAPs. But I also, you never know, because this is also being touted as a cover story for, uh, you know, like Hunter Biden and Trump and all that stuff. Like, oh, look here, while this is going on, this is going on. It's all kind of being said as that's it, that kind of set up as a distraction. Who knows? A conspiracy theory might be right that it is being set up as a distraction. If it's not, it's some pretty interesting shit. So, you know, you never know. Let's just take it with a grain of salt. But other than that, boys and girls, uh, that's the episode. It's a short one this week because, frankly, I just kind of wanted to hop on and throw my opinion out there about this topic. Um, I think this pushes us closer to proof of UFOs and aliens. Uh, and Maybe they're among us already, like the scroll. If so, that's cool. That's cool with me. That's awesome. 
rock and roll. We got some new inhabitants on our planet that want to join us. Um, good luck. <laughs> it's fucking crazy out here. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, okay, to just kind of, wrap, I'm going to wrap this up in a nice little boat right now. You know what I mean? Uh, to kind of wrap it all up of what I watched. It was a very thoughtful dive into the realm of possibilities of UAPs, of, of extraterrestrial life forms, maybe, but more along the lines of UAPs, you know, um, and that, that's, that's what I think. This opens up the deeper possibilities for unidentified aerial phenomenon or UFOs, whichever you want to call them. I prefer the classic. I prefer UFOs still. I love UFO. It sounds better. Uh, it sounds ominous too, though. UAP doesn't sound ominous. It sounds like you're calling someone a P. You're a P. UAP. Oh, or you're like repping some some school or something. I don't know. I don't give a shit. Uh, but, but that's what it sounds like to me. Let's go back to UFO. Call it UFO. Call it UFO. Uh, pitchfork. Pitchfork. But anyways, boys and girls, that's it for this episode. Again, go on to Instagram. Type the Paranormal Rabbit Hole podcast. All one word. Ran it together run it together it's just run it together um and type it into that search bar find us there i'll be doing a live video on monday night uh to kind of have for you guys to watch whenever you want uh, also this catalog's evergreen so you can always enjoy it different creatures and everything and that's why i enjoy doing it for you but other than that guys it's been fun and thank you for going down this paranormal rabbit hole with me we'll see you next week uh where we'll talk about a cryptid a cryptid. Boom. There you go. Have a great night.